It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. In today's show, we're talking San Antonio Spurs, a team with some big off-season upheaval and a lot of things we need to figure out. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. We're going to talk Spurs with the host of the Locked On Spurs podcast, Jeff Garcia. Lots for us to get through in that show. So... Warney. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> All right, let's bring him back to the show. He's been here so many times in the past. We're talking San Antonio Spurs. We're doing it with Jeff Garcia of the Locked On Spurs podcast. Jeff, welcome back to the show. Good to be back. Ready to talk some Spurs and their rebuild. Yeah, it is a very, very different San Antonio Spurs situation that we're in this year. And we'll just go straight into you know who's who's here, who's gone from the team in terms of bringing guys in. Jeremy Sohan's here, Isaiah Roby, Gorgie Jeng, Malachi Branham, Blake Wesley from the draft, uh, Dominic Barlow is a two-way, Jordan Hall is a two-way, and then recently they've signed Alizé Johnson. So it's a bunch of guys there. Most of those mm-hmm. outside of Jeng are younger players, but they did lose, of course, the big one there. DeJounte Murray, Lonnie Walker gone, Kachok, Landau, Weisskamp, and Woodard. Let's start with Murray. We're not going to talk about him throughout the rest of the show. Um, it's a big, big loss. Why Why was he traded? Was it was, The return was so great. Was there off-court um, concerns, or was it a uh, a tank move for a top pick in this draft? All of the above. <laughs> I yeah. really believe that. All of the above. It, it was definitely, to start off with the obvious, it was a move to begin the deep rebuild. And what better way than to trade off your best asset, that is DeJounte Murray. The net return was spectacular. You know, multiple first-round picks. Uh, set the Spurs up good into this uh, rebuild. Pretty much set the foundation for them. Now, granted, they already been throwing concrete on the uh, rebuild foundation with mm. earlier trades with the Derek White deal with Boston, the Brent Forbes deal with, with Denver, but this really solidified it. Second of all, not necessarily off the court, but more like future uh, situation. Uh, there was reports that DeJounte Murray said to the Spurs that he would not sign an extension. Didn't mean that he was not going to resign with San Antonio, it just meant he was not going to sign an extension. So, you know, that left the Spurs in a quandary. What do we do? Do we really want to pour a max deal into a guy that is a good player, but not max worthy franchise type? The Spurs saw the right in the wall. Their best shot to do it was now. It's very, you know, as of right now, his contract is very team friendly. So Atlanta got themselves at least one year 
under the current contract with DeJounte. Uh, we'll see how they restructure him moving forward. But all in all, yeah, this was the first major domino in the uh, Spurs rebuild. And the uh, second domino was obviously Lonnie Walker. Told, told him to pack his bags, get on tester free agency waters, and ended up landing with the Lakers. All in all, I mean, this they're starting from the ground up. This is pre-David Robinson era. This is you know pre-Tim Duncan era. This is going into the draft the way they have built their dynasty era and getting themselves that 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 all-world player, the generational player. And that's what this team lacks. DeJounte wasn't it. Lonnie obviously wasn't it. The book is open still on KJ, uh, Kelvin Johnson, that is. So, yeah, I mean, this is it. Uh, for all those kids that grew up in the last two decades of Spurs basketball, this is what a rebuild looks like. Yeah, it's time for some bad basketball, I'm sure. Because, uh, yeah, Keldon, yeah. Keldon's not that number one guy, but they, they hope to get that guy mm-hmm. in the draft. And the, the writing was on the wall for Lonnie Walker. He was never going to come back. And then they've drafted yeah. like three sh- three or four shooting guards in the last yeah. in the last three yeah. years just to replace him because he never really was able to take that opportunity. Now, I've been covering injuries for all teams, Jeff. I think, I reckon we're all clear heading into the season. Uh, is this team fully healthy? Well, I mean, as of now, yeah. Unless there's going to be some... <laughs> Oh, sorry, excuse me. Some load management games, you know, for getting more L's than W's. But yeah, it looks like everybody's all clear. Keldon Johnson uh, and Devin Vassell, I've been told, have been working out privately together. And the idea that they are now going to be the faces of the team. They are the leadership of this team. They are their go-to players, Keldon and Devin Vassell. So they're taking that, uh, you know, that responsibility on. So yeah, it looks like all things are clear. You know, Jakob Pertl. Uh, reportedly will not play for Team Austria at the Eurobasket. So, yay. Jeremy Sohan, same thing. Said he's not going to play for Team Poland at Eurobasket this summer. So, yay. They're all focused. Everybody's focusing on the rebuild and this upcoming season. I think the big question is, are the Spurs done uh, tooling and getting this rebuild undergoing uh, even further and deeper? You know, Jakob Pertl seems to be a prime uh, asset to flip. If I'm San Antonio, might as well. He recently told Austria Press, the APA, that he would like to stay in San Antonio. He likes the city. He likes his teammates, but that he expects to play the full season. However, he left a footnote saying after this contract season with San Antonio, he's going to reevaluate his time with the Spurs. I think if he does stay in San Antonio, this might be it for him. He's he's still young. He's about to enter his prime uh, does he really want to stick around for a rebuild? You know, he's a hot commodity. He's been chased after from the Raptors to the Hornets. Uh, you name it, uh, teams have been interested in him. So he's a prime candidate to get flipped as the season moves on. He's awesome, Jakob Pearl. I think he's one of the best centers in the NBA, mm-hmm. best defensive centers in the NBA. Yeah. He's not yet 27. Um, that they, they should be moving him, and you get a decent return. Maybe it's only one first. Yeah. I reckon you can get it. I get, get a decent take pick it. out of him. Yeah, um, yeah, take it. Yeah. In terms of projecting a starting five, I I agree wholeheartedly with this group. There'll be some people, Jeff, who don't um, think this will be what they do. They they go, why why would they start Doug McDermott? I, I'm almost certain they'll do this. Trey Jones, Devin yeah, Vassell, yeah, Calden Johnson, Doug McDermott, and Yucca Perda. People will go, well, they could put Sohan in, or they could put Primo in. This is what mm-hmm. they'll do. No, McDermott won't play 30 minutes. He'll play like 20, 21 yeah. minutes, but. Yeah, is there any is there any wiggle room there? Is there any chance mm-hmm. that Primo yeah. starts, or is this is this it? Yeah, no, 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 there's wiggle room. I think wiggle room is you hit it on the head, Primo. Uh, that that is the big question of going into training camp is who's going to be the starting point guard? Will it be Trey Jones, who is a traditional point guard, who is you know the definition of a point guard? Well, he's, 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 he's actually the only piece. he's the only point guard on this team, yeah. honestly. Like the other right. guys, yeah. uh, maybe you shoehorn them in, but he is literally the only point guard on this team. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I know uh, one of my chats with Josh Primo last year when he was with the Austin Spurs, he told me that the Spurs are trying to force him to become a facilitator. They want him to create for other people. And you saw that in the one game in the summer league, that first game before he sat out uh, with the uh, with the health and safety, he was definitely for three quarters, he was trying to get his teammates involved. So it looks like he's, he's uh, you know, going in that direction for his development, but the jury's still out for him. Yeah. You don't know what you got, you, you know? So I think next season is really going to be, uh, you know, primo time to be under the microscope. Trey Jones, undersized, but you know, he can, he can score, he can get to the rim. He's athletic. He's young. He can't uh, shoot, or, but he, uh, he can do all those other can't things. shoot, but he can do all those other things. And I, I think, if you're on team rebuild and you know hoping for a top three pick, then yay, you, you want to go with this. Uh, give me a guard out there who can't shoot, but but the other thing he does, all, Jeff, like having him out there, like mm-hmm. it sets up Kelden, it sets up Devin Vassell, right. like right. it's the same as having McDermott, like he stands out there mm-hmm. and he spaces, he creates space. Trey mm-hmm. Jones organizes everything rather than like, hey, mm-hmm. let's have the chaos of Josh Primo starting who doesn't know how to play the yeah. position, and then the development right. of Primo and all these other guys is all over the mm-hmm. shop. Whereas Jones is out there, he can just be steady. Set everyone up, get them in the right positions, and let them do their thing. So, it yeah. while he might not have the highest upside, and he doesn't, like the the common sense, like you don't just want to. They're going to be bad. Like they're they're going to be bad. Yeah, but yeah, they're, they're going to be bad. Yeah. Let's see how we, these other guys can develop with someone who knows how to put them in the right spots. And, and that's why Jones to me makes absolutely the most sense as a guy that can actually run an offense, whereas these other guys can't. Yeah, I mean, your outside shot, maybe, you know, is Blake Wesley, you know, maybe, yeah, but maybe. who knows, you know, maybe, uh, you know, definitely isn't shy to shoot, that's for sure. I mean, we saw that in the summer league, the guy was chucking it up every time he can, but hey, it's the summer league, that's what they're supposed to do, you know, to shake out the uh, butterflies to get used to the NBA game as close as they can in the summer. So he he has an outside shot, but I really expect, um, you know, the, the trio of the rookies they selected this past draft to get some burn. You know, would not be surprised to see them spend a cup of tea in Austin, but yeah. I don't expect them to be housed there as we've seen in seasons past from Lonnie Walker to the shot to, to Trey Jones. You know, none of I think that's out the window, unless your name is like Dominic Barlow or, or, or Hall. You know, yeah, you're going to be in Austin. But as far as the, the, the core rookie set, you know, a, a sprinkle of Austin, but a bulk of time is San Antonio. Those rookies, yeah, in the past, they just, they don't play. Yeah. They, like, we've started to see it increase a little bit with Vassell getting like 15 minutes and Primo getting 10 or 12 minutes mm-hmm. or whatever he got. And Branham and Wesley, I guess the problem with them is, is that is that Vassell and Primo are ahead of them and they play the same mm-hmm. position. So there isn't a clear runway for those big minutes. Whereas right. there is an opportunity for Sohan. We're talking about McDermott who mm-hmm. might start and play 20 or minutes. Like Sohan might get 20 or 22 playing that that same sort mm-hmm. of position. So if we talk about guys in the bench rotation, it's probably going to be Primo, Richardson, Sohan, Collins, Jeng, but you've also got mm-hmm. some like, you got Wesley, you got Brannon, but I think Primo and Richardson and Sohan will get priority over those players mm-hmm. coming in, into that group. Um, the interesting one to me out of this bunch is um, Zach Collins, who probably you would expect that he would be the starting center if they move on from Pirtle. But where does Isaiah Roby right. fit into that group? Uh, just, just off the bench again, you know, I, I think uh, the Spurs are going to need him. And I mean, look, look, you can't forget Josh Richardson as well. Uh, you know, I, I think the Spurs bench will be pretty solid. If you really look at that, Josh Richardson coming off the bench, Isaiah Roby, who showed a lot of upside in Oklahoma City, you know, shoot the ball well, uh, you know, still young, uh, fits into the Spurs rebuild timeline age-wise plan. So that's good. Uh, but I just see them as being just bench contributors as well. Would not be surprised to see uh, Roby sprinkled in the starting unit, 
you know, every once in a while, you know, would not be surprised to see that. See maybe a guy like McDermott uh, take a take a beat every now and then. But all in all, I think the Spurs bench is is going to be okay. Yeah, I think you so know, too. Uh, they're, yeah, they're going to be all right, you know. But again, there's a lot of youth. Uh, you know, we know what the plan is. Uh, you know, they're making it obvious. You know, it's, yeah. it's a, be you know get one of the worst records in the league because. I mean, I mean, Josh, you know this. You know, big name for ages don't go to see San Antonio. They just don't. They no. they historically, historically, since the seventies, they don't go to San Antonio. Only one has, and his name was Lamarcus Aldridge. That was it. So they know what the the thing is. It's, it's a rebuild via the draft, and they they're gonna have to. Um, well, the Spurs fans that is gonna have to really get ready for a couple, two to three lean years because. This is a this is a long term process. Unless they strike gold in the draft and the the, the basketball gods smile on them and get the number one pick, uh, but you know they should be okay. Even if they land within the top five in the next coming drafts, exactly. they should be okay to start something positive in the right direction. Yeah, because like yeah, if you don't get number one, you get number two or you get number three, and there's like uh, the Thompson yeah. twins, there's Scoot Henderson in, in that yeah. mix. There's obviously Victor yeah. Women. Yeah, but we're going to talk about some of these young guys in just a second, Jeff. Before we do that, though, if you have problems with say getting onto a budget or sticking to a budget, or if you've got your credit card payments you're not making, or you're too scared to look at your bank balance, and it's time you take back control of your financial life, meet Rocket Money. It's formerly Truebill, our favorite financial app. So why did Truebill change its name to Rocket Money? Well, this is what they've heard. Uh, Truebill has been now backed by Rocket Company, so. There's obviously one of the reasons there, but it's grown from just a bill management app into a full-on personal finance empowerment tool that helps over 3.4 million people with budgeting, lowering bills, canceling subscriptions, and more, saving each of their members on average $700 a year. With all that growth comes the next evolution in Truebill's story, and that is a new name. Bottom line is Rocket Money. It's everything that you've loved about Truebill, just a fresh new look and fresh feel. So start canceling your subscriptions, your unused subscriptions, and save money at rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's rocketmoney.com slash LockedOnNBA, or download the app from the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We're going to look at some young guys here, Jeff. We talk about the draft. There's Sohan, Wesley, Branimal in the first round. There's Primo from last year at a high pick in the lottery. Devin Vassell still only 22. And then you've got Jordan Hall, uh, Jordan Hall and Dominic Barlow. Yeah, Wesley and Branham and, and Sohan. I think Sohan plays the most out of that group. Primo plays more than them. Mm-hmm. But then Vassell is the one in year three. I think he's going to take a gigantic step forward this season, Jeff. Me too. I think he's going to be playing 30-plus minutes. We already saw it you know, mm-hmm. getting to 29 when Derek White was gone last season. I think he's going to be huge for this team. Um I I think that he is a better long-term prospect than Calden Johnson, mm-hmm. but I agree. Oh, great! I thought you were going to we get some pushback. I'm really nope. really pumped nope. to see what Vassell is going to do. Um, nope. I've got a question about these guys later on, but you know, is he like it's going to be him and Calden like carrying this team, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it, it really is. It's going to come down to those two guys. And I agree with you as far as a long-term projection of Devin Bissell. There's more to his game. And you don't need stats. You don't need to get on, you know, stat website A, B, C, D. You could, the eye test alone tells you he can do a lot more if given the minutes. You know, not, that's no knock on Kelton. You know, the Spurs paid him, uh, you know, a nice little uh, hefty bump in pay. Yep. You know, he, we saw million, some, yeah. second half. Yeah, 20 million. We saw the second half of last year. His three-point shot went up tremendously. I mean, he led the league in field goal percentage, three-field goal percentage for quite some time. And nevertheless, you know, I, I think with Keldon, you know, he's he's just a bull. I mean, he I don't know if he knows the word finesse. And, you know, he needs to add that finesse game to his game uh, for him to, for my opinion, take that next step. Now, Devin Vassell in just year two defensively is a monster. You know, is very, very good at preserving the ball. Minimal turnovers. Now, granted, you know, DeJounte Murray had the ball in his hand most of the time, you know, in, De- in uh, Devin's first two seasons. But we'll see that number when he's going to get more touches, more calls played for him if that spikes up. But long, lanky, uh, you know, definitely a, a, a very intriguing two-way player for the Spurs moving forward. But Keldon is the guy. They're looking at him to be that person. Uh, you know, he has the Olympic experience. You know, there's a reason why Pop brought him onto that team years ago. You know, maybe Pop sees something in him uh, that he feels he could take the next step. Who knows if DeJounte, you know, uh, you know, getting touches inhibited Kelden from really blossoming. But, yeah, I, I think we're going to really see leaps and bounds from KJ and Devin next season. I think you have to. And Kelden Johnson, I'm going to be honest, in year two, I thought he was really, really poor. He's a guy that just put his head down and drove to the rim, couldn't finish, yeah. couldn't shoot, couldn't pass, couldn't defend. But he was massively improved, especially over the last three months of last season. Mm-hmm. The shooting yes. went up, everything for him. Yep. And honestly, like if the Spurs weren't – you know sort of where they were in the standings. He should have been in the mix, or at least in the discussion, for most improved player with the the steps that he took forward. And he is going to be really intriguing for this season. Now, someone has to be the number one option because last season they lost to Marta Rosen and DeJounte Murray went Mm -hmm. from 21 usage to 28 usage. So, Jeff, who now takes on the DeJounte Murray usage, the 28 usage? Who becomes the number one guy? I I would expect that it's going to be Calden Johnson, but do you think there's a chance it's Vassell? It's it's Calden, no. isn't it? No. Yeah, yeah, it, it's Calden. I mean, writing's on the wall. He's going to be looked at as the guy. Now, that can change throughout the season. If Devin really, really shows out, which I expect him to really challenge for that go-to guy in San Antonio, uh, but I think they're going to trust Calden with the ball moving forward. Uh, you know, on the court, uh, you mentioned some of the the stats of the eye test that you saw off the court. He's very friendly with the community. I mean, he he just sh- shirks the Spurs PR. He goes wherever he wants to, even if it means mingling at sneaker conventions in San Antonio. He will go unannounced and just be one of the community members. And they the Spurs really like that, so they're really going to thrust him into that role next season. But again, I'm not going to be surprised if Devin Vassell really comes on and really challenges for that spot. Hey, it's a good problem to have here in San Antonio, whether it's a guy that's going to take the mantle that DeJounte left or flip him again, get more more first-round picks after this offseason. Because I, I still truly believe that Nobody is on this. Uh, nobody on this team is untouchable in this rebuild. No, nobody is, and that includes Kale Johnson and Devin Vassell. There's not one player on this roster that is that, you know, so close to not being traded at all. We talked about this one already about Josh Primo becoming a point guard, but I'll, I'll rephrase the question that I had already done here. Um, who do you think is more likely to develop into a full-time point guard, Josh Primo or Blake Wesley? I go Blake Wesley. I agree. I go with Blake Wesley. Yeah. 
I think Josh Primo uh, is is a good two guard, a good swing man. He's added a tremendous amount of muscle mass on his frame. That's good. Uh, I remember. I, skinny. I, yeah. Yeah, I wish I was still 19 years old where I can add that kind of muscle fast. I, I, can, uh, I can add mass, Jeff. Yeah. I, don't know, I don't know about the muscle part of it. <laughs> well, I can definitely add mass, but it's more around the waist and mm. more protruding. But nevertheless, yeah, I mean, he's added a tremendous amount of muscle. Still growing. His uh, bone plates are still not fused yet. So, uh, And he's had a, a growth spurt. You can just look at photos of the spurs released on their social media. Uh yeah, he's gotten a lot taller. But I, I think for his size and his direction physically where he's growing, uh, two guard is uh, better for him. He definitely can shoot the ball. I mean, he has, you know, I don't know yet, and you know, but he does have that Vinnie Microwave Johnson flair to him. He can heat up quick and just knock down points. We saw that in the Austin Spurs G League team. We saw that in the Summer League. We saw glimpses of that during the uh, regular season last year as the Brooklyn Nets when he took over and forced overtime out in their gym. But uh, I really believe Blake Wesley is, it could be more of the, the one guard than the two guard, uh, and that being Primo, given the two. Primo averaged uh, for Austin. He averaged 17 points. He averaged mm-hmm. f- five assists and shot 33% from three on six attempts. So there's there's the structure there to become that sort mm-hmm. of a player. Yeah. I'm just, I'm, I, I think that he's more like, it won't be this season. I think Primo is going to have that opportunity this season, mm-hmm. but I agree with you long-term that it probably is Blake Wesley. Now, this question is going to be hard, I reckon, for you or maybe other Spurs fans. Is is this it for Greg Popovich? Is this the last season? It, it feels like it. Uh, it definitely does. I don't know anything, in, we're in, and they, I don't think anybody would know to the bitter end when Pop's going to leave. But if you just read the tea leaves, uh, there are certain signs that are pointing that this could be it from him. The biggest tea leaf, in my opinion, is the return of Brett Brown. Uh, yeah. uh, on that assistant coach, you know, uh, the, to me, it, it it feels like, hey, Brett, you've been through this before in Philadelphia in a rebuild. Come on back, shake off that coaching rust, uh, get the first chair next to Pop, you, you know, and get yourself reacclimated to the game. The other sign is just the departure of so many assistant coaches, Becky being the last one, uh, you know, to leave the uh, Spurs bench for the WNBA. Another one too is Chip England. You know, yep. I think his departure as well. I mean, that 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 was your guy for what? 10 plus seasons that was practically a guy that came in with you know was with pop in the early years and uh for his him to exit the way he did is very head scratching especially a, a coach like that that you need on a developing roster you see him exit all because of money mm. um so you read the tea leaves the game is obviously changing it's not to say that pop can't change you know he's he's a chameleon too we, see, we saw that in the early years with Dave Robinson to Duncan, from Duncan to Tony, from Tony to Manu, uh, to, to Kawhi, then to DeMar and Lamar. We've seen it. He can change. But there's 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 certain you know signs that are pointing to this could be it for him. But again, my biggest one is Brett Brown coming back. That, that one was like kind of eye-opening for me. Like, oh, okay, interesting. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. 
J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Um, If you had to narrow down one breakout candidate on this team, because they're all over the place. It's Jones, it's Primo, yeah. there's Johnson, there's Vassell. Who do you think is the one mm -hmm. who takes the biggest step forward this season? I'm going to go with Vassell. I think okay. Vassell's really going to take a, a big, big jump next this upcoming season. Season, not to say that Kelton is going to see no spike in numbers. He is because he's going to get majority mm -hmm. of the play calls for him. But I really think Vassell is going to emerge. Uh, he's really, really coming on strong. Uh, you know, he's constantly in the gym this offseason. He, he added more size. Uh, he's getting conditioning right now. Uh, you know, he's he's very, you know, for as much as you might think that he's kind of funny and you know kind of go with the flow kind of guy no he's he can be a very serious i hate losing type of player uh last season during a uh one of the spurs longest stretches of a losing streak and that final game of that losing streak when things were mounting uh, it, he threw out the the script and he got on that podium at the table there and he told the press what are we doing here what are, what are we doing i mean he just lost it and Keldon doesn't you don't really see that from him. He's kind of a happy go lucky. If you win, yay. If you lose, well, there's we look to play another day. But I like that fiery spirit that Devin Vassell shows in losses and in wins. And I really think that he's gonna see his opportunity to seize it with DeJounte gone and try to help Keldon Johnson. But I think you're gonna see that storyline develop as the season goes on next year. Whose team is this? KJ's or Devin? Expect that to be a big storyline next season from San Antonio. Is there anyone who's going to regress on this team? I, I don't really see it because, maybe, no. yeah, I don't. Doug no. McDermott, but no. like, not like he put up big numbers. Yeah, no, I mean, no, I, I don't see anybody really regret. I mean, maybe the, the only one is maybe Primo, maybe Primo, you know, he gets more run and maybe, you know, he's still getting acclimated and he's going to have his ups and downs. But no, I think he's ready to seize the opportunity. And then Jakob, if he's still a spur at the end of the season, you know, he's going to be Jakob. Yep. You know, I think what you see already from him is what you're going to get moving forward in his career. Uh, but no, I don't really see anybody regressing at all. Um, no, no, not at all. I think there's just going to be the Spurs just there. Okay, this is a, another absolutely simple question, and I don't even know why I'm going to ask it, but I'm just doing because I'm asking everyone, is this team better than last season? Sure. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. They're, they're record-wise, they're going to be a little worse. So now Vegas, uh, you know, cheer to Vegas. Yay, they gave them an extra win over the uh, last two weeks. So from twenty-three and a half win season, they're now twenty-four and a half. Okay. So uh, they went up one. I would have pegged them at but, around twenty-five. So that twenty-four and a half makes that bet a little bit, a little bit more, a uh, little bit tighter. Yeah. But yeah, I think about twenty-five yeah, I, sounds about right for them. I mean, I, I, I mean, I've had. Fan reaction to that question, uh, fans predicted a 19-win season. Uh, I mean, it, it's really, really all over the map. Now, look, the schedule does not help them whatsoever. I don't know if you peaked at the Spurs just the first month of the I, season. I definitely it not is, done that. I mean, Josh, you're going to be like, well, maybe the Spurs fans are right. 19 wins is coming <laughs> because they they have dates against the Clippers, multiple dates against the Clippers, multiple dates against the Nuggets, multiple dates against the Timberwolves. They got the Lakers for a home set in San Antonio. Uh, it is just murderer's row to open up the season. And for a very young team, they're, they're going to be tested very, very soon. So, yeah, it's not going to be a fun 
uh, openings. And maybe they get the opening night, but even then, it gets, it gets the Hornets. And the last time the Hornets were in San Antonio, Gordon Hayward dropped a billion points on them in just a half. I mean, it was ridiculous, and I was there for that game. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to be a lean month to start the season. It's rough. Who's the most likely player to be traded? I think it has to be yeah. Pirtle, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think I've got in my list, I got Pirtle, I got McDermott, I yep. got Josh Richardson. Yep. Those three yeah. right there. Those yep. those are the three that are likely to get flipped. Um, all right. Let's now move across, Jeff, and I've got some quiz questions for you to see how you go for this. <laughs> These are based on the basketball index, talent grades, three-point shooting talent, playmaking talent, finishing talent. It's not just who had the highest shooting percentage. It's not who had the highest assists. It's not who had the highest rim field goal percentage. It takes into factors mm-hmm. like difficulty of shots and sure. quantity and all that quality and all that sort of stuff of all these things. So these are the players who finished the season with the Spurs, but are also on the team this season. So we can't answer DeJounte Murray for this. This is based on okay. last season. So let's see how we go with this. Who do you think graded out as the highest three-point shooting talent on this team from last season? And this also includes games played as well. Like, for example, McDermott. It's, you know, it's not mean, really... It's kind of skewed. No, it's, more, know, it's more on a per-game yeah. basis. It's, it's not necessarily okay. volume, but it's just like, you know, who's taking volume, the difficulty, contested pull-ups, okay. yeah, that sort of stuff. All that stuff. Um... Can I I'll shoot my shot? I'll go with Kelvin Johnson for the first one, three-point shooting talent. Congratulations. It is, in All fact, right. and I'm just trying to get my screen right. Yeah, Kelvin Johnson was the great highest-graded three-point shooting talent. Mm-hmm. Now, the playmaking talent was obviously DeJounte Murray, but he is no longer right. on this team. In fact, I think the four highest guys who graded out on this playmaking talent for this team do not play for the Spurs anymore because it was Derek White, it was DeJounte Murray, it was Thad Young, and I can't remember who the other one was. None of them play for the Spurs. So of the remaining players, who do you think would have graded out as the best playmaker? I'm just going to take a shot in the dark. Was it Jakob? It wasn't. It was actually this season's presumed starting point guard. It was Trey, ah. Trey Jones. And finishing talent, who do you think was the best finisher on this on this squad of the guys who remained on the team? Of course, DeJounte, not there anymore. Uh, Jakob? It was Jakob Pertl. So well done, yep. Jeff, for those. I've got one more question. This is one that I don't expect you to know the answer to, but I think it's an interesting thing to bring up. Of your project- projected starting five, Trey Jones, Devin Vassell, Keldon Johnson, Doug McDermott, and Jakob Pertl, how many minutes did they play together last season? Ooh. Wait, say that one more time. They played last season, those five? Those five together? How many did they okay. play- minutes did they played okay. together? I'm going to take a wild guess. 10 to 12. Holy shit. It was 10. They played 10 minutes together last season. They had a net rating of zero. They scored 28 points. They had 28 points Woo-hoo! scored against them. Um, so we actually have no idea how, the, how this lineup's going to go together, but <laughs> they played 10 minutes. So it is going to be a season of exploration for the San Antonio Spurs, Jeff, and you're going yeah. to be there for us covering it over on Locked On Spurs and seeing everything that happens as the Spurs usher in a new era. Thanks again for coming on Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Well, what's, hap- sure. what's happening at Locked On Spurs at the moment? Oh, right now, we're just getting to the doldrums of the uh, NBA offseason. Uh, we've been uh, looking at the schedule lately. we got a fan perspective on that. Interesting enough, uh, uh, Josh, uh, the last two quote-unquote home games for San Antonio are not in San Antonio. They're actually in Austin, oh. Texas. So uh, a lot of Spurs fans are taking umbrage with that. They don't like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and other uh, things we're going, we're looking at play-by-player, player-by-player uh, profiles. Up next is Isaiah Roby. What is he going to bring to San Antonio? Uh, so, yeah, we're just trying to get through this offseason and get ready for training camp, which is kind of sort of around the corner-ish, you know, about a month-ish away. So, yeah. all, all, you know, getting ready for that rebuild. Luckily for me, though, Josh, I've been through a Spurs rebuild before, pre-David Robinson, when you're starting, when your go-to guy was Dominique Wilkins. That was your go-to guy. 
during the Spurs well, horrendous pre-Robinson days. At least we've got some younger guys to uh, to get behind this time, <laughs> Jeff. Go check yeah. out Jeff over at Locked On Spurs, everything that he's got going on over there. Jeff, thanks for coming on Locked On Fantasy Basketball with me. Yes, sir. And that'll do it for me today. We've pumped up four shows today. I hope you enjoyed them all. Got some information out of them as well. Follow this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. Throw a thumbs up on YouTube. Leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.